0: The international game has been the Marx Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 97 of Hoop Darshan. Hoop
1: Darshan! Episode number 97, Karan, we are inching slowly, slowly towards that century mark where we'll be raising our bat, and, and a stadium full of 50,000 people will be cheering for us. Sure. <laughs> um, yeah, that's not happening, but we'll, we'll, make something, we'll make something interesting happen for episode 100. Um, 97, Karan, do you know if there's been any uh, NBA jersey number 97 in history?
0: Uh, no, I have no clue. Is there a jersey 97?
1: Uh, that was a trick question because there no there is there is no jersey number 97. It's one uh, of maybe seven or eight numbers that have never been used in, um, in NBA history.
0: But of course, we, every time we hear that number, it it the information I gather is that someone should take that number. It's available. Yes. Someone can be the yeah. very first. Some random guy. It could be like Frank Ntilikina. The next, or whoever, it could be Alex yeah. Caruso. It can be anybody.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, I like I like your uh, thought process about how the first person that came to your mind was Frank Nelikina and then of course Alex Caruso.
0: <laughs> Listen, Frank Nelikina is uh, the the next Gary Payton, and I'm never going to regret saying that.
1: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of Gary Payton, um, in in the nineties, in in the year ninety seven, obviously was the year, year of the Bulls. And um, we, we we saw a fair bit of what happened in, in the season of 97 with, with the last dance and everything like that. Do you have any any particular memories from the 97 season?
0: Well, it's the, you know, in honor of number 97, that's, yeah, the 97 finals were the, the finals with what used to be called the flu game, but I guess it's the food poisoning game, according to everything that the <laughs> last dance has taught us. So, yes, uh, it's the...
1: It's the pizza guy game the four people it's a pizza, pizza
0: guy game um yeah it's uh one of the great performances in the in the legend of michael jordan and i'm sure that the the the, the name michael jordan will be mentioned again very soon in a podcast because of the the current situation that we're about to discuss uh, and that is
1: may have happened in the last in the last week or have, so
0: and so, so we're recording this on october 17 i think we're about how long ago was it? Was it a week ago? Was it less than that? Less
1: than a week ago.
0: Your Lakers, Koshik, congratulations. This is the first time since we started doing this. That one of our teams, and it was definitely never going to be my team. But, <laughs> but, a, but a one of our team has reached the mountaintop of the NBA. Uh, for your Lakers, it's what? The sixth time since just this millennium. And, yes, uh,
1: sixth, sixth title of my lifetime.
0: Sixth title of your lifetime. Uh 12th title, title in Los Angeles and seventeen if you count Minneapolis. Yes, we do. Sure, but 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 either way, just fantastic. Congratulations as uh, as a Laker fan and for everything. I mean, you know, uh, I, I, I I sort of doubted this team. I mean, I won't say they were my favorites. They probably second in my list, but still, they they came through and then. So congrats.
1: Yes. Yes. Absolutely. I I'm I'm actually wearing my um, Lakers 24 Kobe Bryant jersey from awesome uh, from, from a fake fake market in Thailand that I bought many years <laughs> ago <laughs> uh, to commemorate this this event and, and the fact that we're recording the first ever hoop session as um, as a champion one of one of us uh, one of our teams being champions and you you're right it. Was probably not going to
0: be the Knicks. <laughs> Although for, um, but, for for a while it seemed very shady that it was going to happen to the Lakers too. Uh, you yes. Know, uh, until yeah. Lebron changes mind. So 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 I, I want to talk a lot more about this, but we have a special guest here. So I think it'd be fun to sort of bring him on and talk about all of this this stuff together. Um, Definitely. So Koshik our, our guest today is Vinod Muthukumar. Who uh, he's sort of like the Tsar of Mumbai slash Maharashtra basketball. And we actually recorded an episode with him about a month ago in great detail, but, you know, sort of circumstances came between our way of pulling that one out. So we decided we'll bring him back because he has a special, uh, sort of special relationship with LeBron fandom. And I think it was just perfect to talk about it. To him as a LeBron fan, and talk to you as a Laker fan in in what is like a big moment for both. So um, we'll invite Vinod straight away.
1: Lakers.
0: So I'm excited to have Mr. Vinod Muthukumar on Hoop Darshan. I was going to say back on Hoop Darshan because we actually had you on a month ago and we didn't come through with that episode. But we want to make up for it tonight uh, or today, wherever you are in the world. Uh, Vinod, welcome back or welcome to Hoop Darshan. How are you?
2: Very good. Thank you, Karan. I think you were just trying to... uh, It's more like an audition that I gave the last time. (laughs) (laughs) That
1: was a preseason game.
0: That's yeah, true. That's a good way of putting it. And so these are the playoffs. Now, uh, before we get on, you know, uh, to, add, to talk about the playoffs, uh, I just want to introduce Vinod again um, to, our, to our listeners. As I said, he's sort of the Tsar of basketball in Mumbai, Maharashtra, vice president of Sports Village Academies. And uh, I think you've been a basketball player, ref and coach basically all your life. You know, you played every junior level in for Maharashtra in Mumbai. Um, And really, I mean, you've done so much for basketball in India. You know, you have been a regular commentator. You've been organizing events. And most recently, you've been uh, hosting a very entertaining... uh, And uh, the first of its kind, the the Patel and Kumar NBA talk show. So, which, by the way, you guys did your season finale just this week. And you had a couple of just stellar guests. You had uh, the Memphis, Memphis Grizzlies coach... And most importantly for the Indian sort of angle, you had uh, Sonia Raman, the first uh, uh, female Indian descent coach in the NBA. So, uh, Vinod, I just have so many questions about that. But first of all, how was it wrapping up this first season of uh, of Patel and Kumar?
2: It was amazing, actually. You know, it just started out as a brief idea that we wanted to do something like this. And uh, then it just caught on. And uh, we are very... Uh, Fortunate that, uh, you know, we could complete an entire season. And uh, of course, thanks to NBA for that because they restarted and they made sure that their season completed. So we had enough material to talk about.
0: Well, and uh, of course, you know, you you had like so many well-connected guests with Indian basketball and otherwise. But I want to talk about the most recent guest that was just this week. By the way, you guys can watch all of these, uh, all the episodes on YouTube, right? On the Eklavya's channel?
2: Uh, Yes. uh, Eklavya's uh, YouTube channel. Please uh, go and subscribe to it. And of course, you can watch all the 13 episodes. Uh, We also did a special edition show right after the finals. Yeah. And of course, as you mentioned, the most exciting show was the finale, the season finale with uh, Coach Taylor Jenkins and Sonia Raman, who is also now in the Memphis Grizzlies, uh, you know, uh, <clears throat> uh, coaching staff as the first, uh, you know, uh, female coach of Indian origin. And uh, it's indeed a great pride for Indians, especially because uh, Indian women, especially getting on to a, a NBA team as a, a coach. I mean, it's phenomenal. Yes.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, she has such an interesting backstory like like I think she came from more of uh, an uh, analytic sort of background if I'm not if I'm not mistaken actually and...
2: she was a, a, a legal uh pro- I oh, mean, wow. she actually graduated as a uh, you know legal uh, professional uh, oh. and then I mean uh, she just turned around her career and uh, went on to become a coach uh, in the college level and I think she's like the winningest coach of the MIT basketball women's basketball team uh, that's uh, the Massachusetts Institute of Technology i know it's well known for academics but they do have a really good basketball team as well
0: see people like her make all the other indians look bad because you know all <laughs> our parents tell us like you you must be academic even though we love sports and someone like her comes along she's like i'm going to be in mit and also be great at sports. Like it's just it makes it makes, the rest of us who have to make these choices makes us all all our parents look at us like theyko beta, she can do it. You know this is how I used to feel about Jeremy Lin. It's like he went to Harvard and he became an NBA player. It's like come on, come on, man, choose choose one of those things. <laughs> well,
2: well, I mean, some people are just uh, good at everything that they do, yeah. so they have that uh, Midas touch, you know. So, exactly. <laughs> so I think uh, that's how it was. I mean, I think. She checked the box in terms of her academics uh, and then uh, totally turned around and, you know, went on to become a basketball coach. And now she's in the NBA. So uh, I think it's an inspiring story, uh, especially for Indian women also, uh, because, uh, you know, this shows that you can aspire uh, to be whatever you want to be if, if, if you do the right things.
0: And it's you know it, it sort of increased the interest. Like I always thought, I always considered the Grizzlies to be sort of an interesting team because of Ja Morant. And like you knew that they're going to be one of those teams that if they come on TV, you might you you, you have to kind of watch them because Ja is so electrifying, ja and Jackson Jr. is so electrifying. But now it's the the Indian connection is even stronger now. You know, as an Indian, you just feel like yeah, we have to we have to sort of support, have like our side eye on this team a little bit more.
2: Absolutely, absolutely.
0: So we know. Last thing before we get started on the NBA finals, I know, I know there's a lot of joy inside you uh, since since the finals <laughs> finished. Uh, I'm gonna stick with Patel and Kumar for one more thing. Uh, now that this first season of your show is over, what would you say? Um, I mean, I, I don't think even you, as you mentioned, I don't think even you anticipated that the show would sort of like grow and like accelerate in the way it did over such a short, short span of time. So what do you feel has been the biggest lesson learned or the lesson learned that you want to apply for next season uh, of your show? Uh,
2: no, I, I, the biggest thing is that, uh, you know, uh, people really love, uh, you know, good content. And mm-hmm. uh, I mean, that's also evident from your hoop Darshan as well, right? Uh, you've been doing it for so long. I think if you talk about the right things and if you connect with the audience, uh, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's how you grow. Um, I mean, uh, I, I don't want criti- to criticize the other shows on TV or on YouTube or something, but, you know, I just thought that uh, what we bring on to the table is much more unique. Mm-hmm. And also that is something that we can connect with the Indian audience, especially uh, mm-hmm. connecting NBA to the, uh, to India. And, you know, uh, so we had that special Indian tadka section as well, where, we tried to do uh, the NBA, nba india connect uh, so that's that's pretty much like connecting with the audience and uh, we had those chats going and you know people coming in live uh, commenting about the show that's made it interactive so i think that's uh, if you're able to do that uh, and connect well with the audience i think that's that's the most important
0: thing and and you guys i mean you sort of summed it up but but i think what you bring is my favorite thing about the basketball slash NBA coverage in India. I know I mentioned this to you when we had the the ghost episode a month ago, but it's basically you, you, you marry the two sides. You, you have a clear passion for basketball and the passion runs across, you know, it's not just the NBA. You are able to use your, you know, decades of Indian basketball experience and, and bring those things together. So uh, congrats for that again. Um, Moving on, I want to talk to you guys about the NBA Finals. They, they concluded now about a week or 10 days ago. Koshik here is our resident hardcore Laker fans. He's he's seen, as I was saying in the introduction, he he has seen six Laker Championships in just his lifetime. So spoiled. Just completely like… And one, <laughs> and one three-peat, that too. One three-peat, like just… Uh, they've been to the Finals in your lifetime… Uh, Wait, you were born before the '91 finals too, so that counts, right? How many finals yeah, have you been to? Yeah,
1: So it's not it's not really my lifetime, but more like my basketball fandom time.
0: Hey, let's say in your lifetime, the Lakers have been to nine or ten finals. Nine finals. It's 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 pretty incredible. Yeah, Um, so I wanna I wanna start with you first. Uh, tell me how you felt when it was sort of clear that you know, I mean, I, I know the finals were were predicted to be. Uh, kind of easy and uh, most of us said five or six games and that's how it turned out but when it became clear especially at game six there was going to be a blowout and, and you felt that you're getting the new championship how did you feel as a fan when, when the Lakers were sort of some, had sort of like grasped it in their hands
1: yeah look I, it, it was actually like a bit a bit surreal because I guess um, at the start of the season right like I knew that the Lakers were a good team with two two of the top five players but until it actually happens like you kind of you kind of don't really believe it would and for the most part of the of the playoffs or or the season in general like you and i both we've discussed this in previous episodes current we thought it would be the clippers who would make it to this point but not the lakers so from that perspective like it, it kind of all sunk in at the same time saying that oh my god this is actually happening and they're, they're going to win it and, well at the same time, you're, you're right in saying that like, the finals was supposed to be easy. And I guess, it, it, apart from a couple of couple of games, yeah, it, it did feel that way. Uh, granted that, I guess, um, Dragic was off for a while. Bam looked a little bit off. So it, it, it was a bit anticlimactic in, in the end and probably ended the same way with, with Game 6, the way uh, Lakers just came out all guns blazing. And it wasn't really a contest um, outside of the first few minutes, so it took a while for all of these feelings to sort of come together. But um, yeah, it was super super exciting when when you saw the likes of LeBron and Anthony Davis sort of get excited on the on the side uh, on the sidelines, and they, they sort of went in and they stood next to the that big screen, and uh, you know they they started having that grin of of being champions on them. That's when I guess like it it properly hit, and like oh wow, that's that's
0: that's pretty amazing. And uh, Koshi, we spoke about this uh, last time, right? Like, it, it, as much as you were, like, you admired this team, you mentioned that you felt a little bit of a disconnect, I guess, compared to past Laker teams that you loved. You know, I guess just because of the way it was, like, it happened so quickly. Like, these Lakers just went from being a completely different team two years ago to then having LeBron and then trading all the young players and getting Anthony Davis. And all of a sudden, they are yeah. champions, right? So, yeah. for you... Have you been able to feel more of that connection since that championship, or like where do you stand now with with, with sort of emotionally with these Lakers?
1: I think like it would be fair to say that this is my sixth sixth most favorite championship. <laughs> 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 but, so spoiled, but that's that's definitely spoiled, right? Uh, but at the same time, like I think I think a lot lot of what I said last time sort of still holds through. I think the fact that uh it it, it it wasn't necessarily the fact that they became from like nothing to really good real fast. I think that's something that the Lakers have sort of believed in that they don't necessarily rebuild, they just reload and then they, they go from there. Um so it wasn't that and I, I had some time to process all of these feelings, right? And it wasn't necessarily the fact that uh I guess like I I have been a massive Kobe fanboy throughout throughout my life. So it wasn't necessarily the fact that, you know, it's Lebron and um uh, that same level of connect necessarily isn't isn't around. But I think the biggest biggest problem with the, this one being ranked number six compared to the others is just that it was just a really strange playoffs. Like there was no there was no home games for the first. Uh, so the, all that amazing LA atmosphere that you see during the playoffs that didn't exist. And secondly, it didn't really feel like there was a massive series that you have to sort of get over to win a title like typically every every title run has that like one moment where you feel like maybe it's not going to happen and then like it it takes some heroic effort or like some super special moment i guess the closest we came to it was the anthony davis buzzer beater outside of that like there wasn't necessarily like a a single moment there so maybe it was a combination of that and the fact that like there wasn't really a home crowd or there wasn't really that typical playoffs atmosphere that we're all used to but um, it still still counts the same Um, it is is the sixth title in in my basketball fandom, it is the 17th title for the Lakers I'm not going to let you take anything away from the Minneapolis (laughs) titles uh, it is the 17th and it it means that uh, um, we are now combined with um, that annoying green team in in terms of being (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> being the most you know, uh, glorified uh, team in, in NBA's history. So, uh, very, very happy with, with, with the outcome. And I think my favorite aspect of this entire thing is I actually think the team will get better next year. But we'll, we'll talk about that later.
0: Yeah, it's a, we'll definitely talk about it later. And, and the one thing you mentioned about this, the disconnect, I agree with. Like, this playoff run didn't, except for that Anthony Davis buzzer-beating shot, this playoff run didn't really have any of those, like... B- when you make, like, a hist- historical montage highlight moments, there's nothing that, mm-hmm. like, completely springs out. That, that, that you will definitely put on the the highlights tape of this year. Except for, for that thing. But, but you know, that's... I mean, when you're so dominant, you don't need highlights. You're just... Or, or in the sense, let me repeat myself. You don't need these close game-winning moments. You are just dominant, right? I think yeah. a moment could have happened if... Uh, In game five, if 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 either LeBron or Danny Green or 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 the Morris twin had done something to win that game at the buzzer, but um, that didn't happen. Vinod, I'm gonna turn this to you. Uh, you, Like, I wanna hear your LeBron fandom story a little bit. You mentioned this in the last episode, and we didn't, you know, I guess it it bears repeating now. Uh, Why you a LeBron fan? But before we do that, do you have anything more to add on the Lakers as a whole?
2: I mean, it was pure dominance, I think, uh, I mean, throughout the playoffs, I think, uh, uh, right with uh, the start from Portland to Houston to Denver. And, you know, I mean, so, I mean, a lot of people say that it's one of the easiest championships that probably Lakers and LeBron had to go through. But at the end of the day, you know, I mean, uh, every playoff team is considered to be competent enough to be there. So... Uh, it's just that the dominance has been great, so that's why it looks easy. But otherwise, I think, uh, uh, as Kaushik mentioned, you can't take it away from anybody. Uh, it's just that the
0: circumstances were a little bit different. And and I'll just add to that. It's it was easy. Not, it wasn't the Lakers' fault. It was easy. The Lakers did their job. It was the Clippers and the Bucks' fault that they didn't do their jobs. So it's not that's not the Lakers' problem at all.
2: Absolutely. So. Uh, I mean, whatever you call it, I think the Lakers did their job. I think the other teams did not fare as yep. as well as they should have.
0: So, so Vinod, you've been a LeBron fan from, like, even before he was in the NBA. And you've yes. sort of seen this, his journey, like, up close, come along. So, so how did that journey begin for you? How did you at first become a LeBron James fan?
2: Uh, so, uh This was, of course, when I went to the uh, U.S. to study in 2000. Uh, I was in a university called Bowling Green State University, which is in Ohio, which is about an hour and a half from Akron, uh, basically. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, um, I think in 2002 uh, itself, you know, we started getting uh, LeBron highlights and LeBron games on TV because he was a star in the high school circuit then, right? And, you know, so it just uh, – somebody uh, uh, coming from Ohio, uh, all professional teams in Ohio were really bad at that time. Yeah. You know, so uh, whether you – from the NFL or baseball or basketball or whatever you call it, uh, you know, so the Cleveland Cavaliers were very good – I mean, better in the 90s when they met with the Bulls uh, Mm -hmm. in the conference finals and stuff like that. But since then, you know – the, I mean, Cleveland Cavaliers were considered like almost like a really bad small market team. And, you know, so when LeBron came in, it, it all changed. So there was a big hope uh, for Ohio professional teams. And of course, being in Ohio, being uh, closely following him uh, right from his high school uh, when he came on to, uh, in the NBA. And of course, he performed extremely well for those uh, first five or six years when he was there with the Cleveland, the first 10. So it just caught on and I became a LeBron fan. And uh, more importantly, I thought that he played like me. So, you know, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so that's that's the other thing because I am also like a very, when I used to play, I used to be a pass first guy and, you know, not much as much in scoring. So I used to love the way that he, he was an unselfish
0: player it's he has been relevant for so long that like you know 2003 was when he was drafted that was so, yeah. th- th- that is half my life ago you know and so basically he's been in the nba for, for that long it's it's kind of crazy to think that way um and so so were you when he left cleveland and went to miami and of course you know we came full circle in a way he had he beat miami again in the in the finals this time but when he did that Did you follow LeBron as a fan to Miami or were you like, kind of like, oh man, my heart is still with Cleveland? Absolutely
2: not. I was totally bought in with LeBron and uh, I mean, I supported wherever he went. So it was Cleveland first, Miami second, again Cleveland and now the Lakers. So uh, for me, uh, as an Indian, of course, I mean, you don't have really a big affinity towards any particular city, right? I mean, in, in the U.S. But, uh, so, I mean, for some reason, I just had a great affinity towards LeBron. And so, I just followed him. Uh, you may call me a bandwagon fan for that matter, but, uh, you know, I don't care. Because I still think <laughs> he's one of the greatest players to ever set foot on the court.
0: So, now, so this is his fourth championship. Uh, where would you rank it among, like, the LeBron moments of your career? And, 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 and like, of his career. And, and, I, and I specifically chose moments instead of titles because he has had great moments when he has not won a title, too. So, but oh, where yeah, would yeah. you rank this particular uh, championship run in the bubble among LeBron's great uh, career moments? I
2: think, see, I mean, uh, his first title would definitely be one of the best moments, right? I mean, um, when he won it in 2012 with the Miami Heat. Uh, because, I mean, he they were expected to roll through Dallas Mavericks in 2011 and he had a very bad finals and he was criticized you know, to no end and, you know, uh, so I think that first title still ranks like number one for me. Uh, Number two would definitely be the 3-1 comeback, you know, because I don't think it can be achieved uh, at all, you know, I I think it's really uh, impossible to do that and Mm -hmm. Uh, so I think this one would be like third third rank, I would say, you know, uh, moment as such. Because I think more importantly, because everybody had considered him to be a washed up king, you know, especially after his injury last season, um, the Lakers couldn't qualify again for the playoffs because there was high hopes. They did really start out well last season, you know, in the first phase. But since his injury, it was all downfall again. And people thought, oh, no. I mean, it's it's like history repeating itself for the last uh, six or seven years where we have never been in the playoffs. And uh, so this time it was, you know, just amazing to s- see him win uh, that championship, uh, especially, uh, I mean, since both the teams, actually Miami Heat and the Lakers, both uh, never, I mean, ne- did not play in the playoffs even last season. So
0: mm, yeah.
2: come from that position to win the title is something amazing.
0: And I mean, that credit for that, obviously, LeBron's been healthy, but, and we'll get to him, so much credit for that goes to Anthony Davis. Like, that guy came in and just completely made this a defensive super team, you know. Uh, before we talk about him, though, I want to stick with LeBron a bit. Um, and so, so one of the things that I that I, that I knew was going to happen, and, and when it happened, I found it very annoying, was that whole... Every game LeBron wins or loses in the playoffs, especially in the finals, became a conversation on greatest of all time. Like every like it, the, the weight of every single thing he was doing was almost like a reflection on that. And I think, you know, when the conversation ended, there's some people who will stick on one side, some people who will stick for me on the other side. Like me, for example, I still think it's it's Michael Jordan. But, but what the conversation is doing is that it's sort of taking away from LeBron's actual greatness. Like, instead of talking about what he's done the last 17 years, we are always comparing him to Michael Jordan for every single step of the way. Every single game, we are like... And by the way, when I say we, I include myself also, you know? We're always saying, oh, but, but Jordan had done this instead, or Jordan had done this instead. I think I want to pretend for a moment that there was no Michael Jordan, and let's just appreciate what LeBron has done, you know? 17 years, uh, this is his... This was his tenth finals, and I think uh, ninth in ten years. Four championships. Uh, he's gonna shatter every single playoff statistical record, uh, and of course he's gonna shatter most of the regular season scoring records, uh, scoring and other other records. Like just the body of work that he's done, and as at, at this age to continue doing it, it definitely deserves our respect, whether or not you know we are Jordan fans or not. I think what he's done is completely incredible
2: absolutely see my biggest problem with a lot of the people is that uh, everybody tries to convince you know uh, each other uh, in terms of whether you like uh, whether you like lebron or whether you like michael jordan i mean why can't it be just a personal choice inst- like instead of uh, trying to argue the fact that one is better than the other because uh, as a fa- basketball fan i'm just lucky to have seen Uh, you know, the prime years of Michael Jordan uh, in the 90s. And I'm lucky to see LeBron uh, for the last 17 years. And that's how uh, I I need to basically sum it up. You know, I'm not, I don't want to go out there to tell you, Karan, that, you know, hey, I mean, why is Michael Jordan your favorite? You know, LeBron has done A, B, and C. I I don't think that's the case because I feel, I mean, for me, LeBron is the greatest player, but that's fine, right? I mean, I could have my choice and you could have your choice. So I I hate people when they come at your face and say, you know, this person is better than this person, because at the end of the day, I I look at it in just two cents. I mean, Michael Jordan was the first. I think, uh, you know, any player that comes into the NBA, he will always be compared to Michael Jordan because he was the trendsetter and you know, it's very hard to remove from uh, somebody from that pedestal. And, uh, you know, LeBron is just following him. And LeBron also has claimed that, he, you know, he... Uh, uh, Michael Jordan has been an idol for him as well. And that's the reason he wears the 23-number uh, jersey. So just let it be. I mean, both are playing extreme... They both played extremely great basketball. And as a basketball fan, what else, uh, you know, you can expect from these players?
0: Uh, Kaushik, what do you feel has been sort of, you know, if, if you sort of look at it neutrally, not, not as a Laker fan, but just as someone who's watched LeBron's career over, you know, uh, sort of come through over the last 17 years, how would you describe just like the emotion of watching his ups and downs and they've, they've been mostly ups, uh, o- over your basketball watching life?
1: Yeah. Yeah, you, 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 I think you hit the nail on the head there. It's been mostly ups, right? And the thing is, with LeBron, he's had such a, an amazing run of consistency that when you compare this to the, to the greatest of all time debate, right? Like, if, when you think about Michael Jordan's career, it's gone it's gone up and up and up and up to an extent where he got the first P, then he took some time away from it, then he came back, and there was another three-peat, and then like, let's just forget about the Wizards era, and it the <laughs> thing just ended. The thing just ended, right? So it felt like a constant climb towards the top, whereas with LeBron, the thing that works fundamentally against him, I think, is the fact that he he hit like a, like a peak when he I, I guess like when he won, won his first title with Miami, and it's been relatively at that peak ever since. So it's like, it's a different kind of trajectory but it's also like sustained dominance at such a high level uh, but I think like as as people who are looking for narratives in this uh, in this goat comparison or trying to yeah. put one against another you, you look for those kind of um, the peak moments more than anything else so from that perspective I think Lebron's he's already fighting a difficult fight that like he, he's chasing after Michael Jordan's ghost which is which is just difficult to do, right? Like there was there was no unanimous goat um, in in terms of media talk before Jordan sort of came. about. yes, people spoke about Bill Russell, people spoke about uh, Kareem, people spoke about Magic and Bird and stuff like that. But for some reason, like the six-zero mythical record and the fact that everything just looked like one level above the previous one, meant that Michael Jordan was slanted as the goat and will probably remain there until you know there's there's no fans who remember watching him anymore so uh, having said that i think you and i we've, we've always discussed this as well there's there's always a, a a feeling from fans that like they want to believe that the person that they follow is is the greatest of all time like it's it's kind of tribal in that in that nature that you want to feel like you belong to something that was the greatest of all time. So there's there's that mm-hmm. as well when you think about who's debating against whom. So all that said and done, like I think Vinod put it perfectly by saying that it is it is subjective at the end of the uh, at the end of the day. And no matter what you say that you know it should be objective, and there can only be one greatest of all time. Um, there's just way too many parameters. And um, yeah, look, the, the key thing is that for people who've seen both both these guys, we've seen two. Incredible all-time careers in a lifetime, and as as fans of basketball, like I, I don't think you could you could ask for much more.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. very I well mean, said. I'm <clears throat> oh, sorry, we're not going. Yeah,
2: yeah. I just wanted to add. I mean, you know, I mean, uh, <clears throat> it's like I mean, the greatest seven years of basketball is from like '91 to '98. Uh, because I mean, it was pure dominance by one single person, right? And uh in the modern era in nba basketball you have seen maybe three three three-peats, and two of them are by michael jordan you know so it is just very hard to win three finals uh, in in the nba i mean it's 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 uh, people don't realize how tough it is so so yeah i mean jordan was those great those seven or eight years and then it's just been more consistent performances by LeBron over the last 17 years. So that I mean, that's the only thing that you can sum up in terms of, you know, a different comparison between these two players.
1: So yeah, I think one one other thing that I heard on Zach Lowe's podcast. I don't know if you if you guys have heard it yet, but the the one thing that probably will will make Michael Jordan sit there higher to most people is the fact that he kind of never never looked. Human, he looked like a like a mythical yeah. god figure that that somehow would always go on to win, right? Whereas with LeBron, like he's had in in the most relative of senses, like he's had a moment like losing to the Dirk's Mavericks, or he's had a moment where like he just happened to be in the same time frame as like a as a fluke super team in um, in in Golden State, where like in in any other year like they would not have been able to get Kevin Durant and that team would have just not been possible. So there's there's moments like it where it's felt like things have a, either been out of his control or like he's actually had a weak moment where he he didn't look like he he could be, you know, that that mythical creature. So I think from that perspective, like if you if you can't look past that Maverick's loss failure of LeBron, like you could never you could never like see yourself Putting him at the same level as Michael Jordan, but uh, yeah, the, the, the parameters are different. There's, just just I, I'm much more uh, of the opinion that like let's just let's just enjoy LeBron for what he is, and we'll when LeBron's career is over, then we can spend time uh, debating this stuff. But for the for for the moment, like the fact that he's he's made his tenth finals, uh, and he's made it in an era where there's there's not like eight teams and everyone played for the Celtics. Uh, mm. it's, it, it's something absolutely special. And you're, you're right, Karen, that, that that stuff gets taken for granted or kind of gets forgotten.
0: And and I think, you know, he's doing it at, at, at in such an advanced age. He's, he's like as old as me. And I can, you know, barely do sprints without hurting my back. And here is this guy like in the finals again. So... N- one of the other things we definitely sh- need to give credit to is that as great as he was, uh, I, we have to compliment Anthony Davis for his uh, his achievement in these playoffs, this whole season, but these, uh, but especially in these playoffs and the finals. One of the things that I've sort of felt lost in the narrative of the congratulations of this title is the fact that I don't think AD is getting the, the sort of the roses that he deserves. I think he was possibly the playoffs MVP for me. Uh, in the finals, I think LeBron took over once the going got tough. Like, he really showed who's, like, the, the main man of that team. But, without, uh, let me ask you. When Anthony Davis joined uh, LeBron and the Lakers, and they basically gave up so much to get him, were you, in your mind, were you like, okay, this guy, these two together, there's no stopping because AD is basically the best man in the league. Were you, like, confident from the the, the, the first say? Or did, did, did they take AD some winning over your, sort of, your uh, your your trust, I guess? And- the day
2: uh, Anthony Davis got drafted to the Lakers you know I just uh, told okay, yeah. this, this team this team is going to win the championship so mm-hmm. it was as simple as that because um, it's just uh, it's extremely complimentary for LeBron to have a person like Anthony Davis uh, he's not a ball hogger I mean and he can play without the ball and LeBron likes the ball so it just complimented. Extremely well and you know so for me it was like you know they're going to win a championship multiple championships hopefully uh, you know uh, if if Anthony Davis stays back of course he has uh, his contract to deal with but most likely I think that will be the case.
0: Yeah and he I think I mentioned this earlier. Like from day one, he sort of he came in this mentality that he's gonna basically make the Lakers the best defensive team in the NBA. He is one of these rare talents that is has bought the the fear of the big man back in the league because he isn't just a strong big man, but he, like he can he's not just a Rudy Gobert type who will just defend. He can be the best defender and he can score 26, 27 a game. Like the guy is really just you know the, we use the word loosely, but he is one of the unicorns of the game, right? Um and, and they really mesh together. I saw the LeBron and AD partnership very much, very similar to the Steph and KD partnerships <clears throat> in the first two titles, where okay, one of them is gonna be the MVP, but it's like one of them is the engine and one of them is the finisher. And and there seem there seem to be no ego between their sort of roles in the team. They're both just super duper like MVP caliber players. Um Kaushik, for you, like you must be just excited now because even though LeBron's older, like you have AD who's won his first championship, who, who doesn't have the monkey on his back anymore. And as a Laker now, he can really sort of uh, be a Laker cornerstone for many more years, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. The, the legend of the Lakers' big man continues with, with Anthony Davis. And you are spot on when you said that. He kind of brought the big man game back to the league. When you think about uh, how basketball has changed over the last few years... And the, the big man's role kind of went went away from importance and all teams started to load themselves with like 3D players and, and outside shooting and stuff like that. But you look at every single opponent that the Lakers faced in the playoffs, when you have the the quality of big man like Anthony Davis, like they just didn't have any answers for it. And when you look around the league and you look at the rosters of other teams, it's hard to imagine... Who actually stops Anthony Davis when he's when he's going the way he is? And to think about the fact that he's actually like, potentially second best player or you know co equal best player with another guy on the team, and that guy is LeBron James. Like, yeah, it's it's hard to see anyone sort of stopping how potentially impactful uh, Anthony Davis can be, and that's that's definitely like um, it's giving me reasons to be excited for the future and especially the next sort of couple of years
0: well and one of the other things we did not see coming so 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 lebron and ad are, are clearly the two best guys in this team it's not even close and then there's a big gap right now one of the things a lot of us didn't see coming is that the third best player to emerge in this gap would be rajon rondo because uh, i mean I, I believe he was the third best player for the lakers i don't know what you guys think but especially the way playoff rondo showed up in these playoffs and just like in the finals was was hitting shots was making the big plays Uh Koshik, how did it feel for you as like you know a Celtic hater to see a prominent very hateable Celtic then come along and be like a crucial part of a championship run
1: hey man look once you wear the, the purple and gold you we just we just adopt them Um I, I've I almost like forgot that he was a Celtic. Not really, but you know, you know what I mean. I think the fact that he's he just elevated his gameplay to such a level after I, I, everyone thought he was like washed up and he doesn't deserve to be playing in the league. And I, I don't know what it was like. It's and, and I think I'm a reasonably uh, objective analyst of of the game, and I, I feel like most things can be explained. But playoff Rondo is like is a mystery. Like I don't know how it happens. I, I don't know how uh, how he elevates his game to look like the third best player, uh, not just in the in the team, but like sometimes in the game as well uh, behind those two uh, big names. Um, yeah, it, it, it was unbelievable. He he just seems to do all the right kind of reading, all the right kind of playmaking necessary at, at different points. Like if uh, if if the defense was playing sort of. Letting him shoot, he would shoot, and he actually had some incredibly good shooting games. And the moment then they started playing him a little bit tighter, he just he just drove the last couple of games and and had so many layups, high efficiency. Like those are things you don't you don't necessarily associate with Rondo. And yeah, he just he really stepped up. And yeah, I I don't think anyone, not even the players within the, within the Lakers team, would have expected him to be the third best player uh, in a title run, I suppose
0: uh we I mean uh, uh, same question to you but 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 uh not just Rondo and Rondo and anyone else in the Lakers that you want to sort of highlight or anyone else that you felt that really sort of helped this championship team come through
2: no, I think the best part uh, what happened with this Lakers was everybody accepted their role and nobody tried to really show off uh you know their game or something like that it was not individual brilliance but It was a pure team effort because you had Rondo in some of the games. He was brilliant. You had KCP uh, in some of the games. Um, You had Alex Caruso coming off the bench. And of course, that brilliant tactical change in game six with him starting uh, instead of Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard, I mean, nobody expected him to be, uh, you know, so impactful for the Lakers because the last five years he's been in five different teams. And you know, uh, everybody thought that you know he was just uh, uh, you know he, I mean his head was headspace was somewhere else. But I think what happened was everybody knew what they had to do to get this job done. And I, I don't know if it's uh, Coach Frank Vogel uh, or if it's LeBron James, but I think it's both, and both had an impact in making sure that everybody performed their role. Uh, you know, to the hilt. And that—that's that's what is more important. So even, I mean, for example, the Morris, uh, he, he was the, he had the highest three-point shooting average in the playoffs for the Lakers. I mean, can you believe that? I mean, you wouldn't expect that, you know? And uh, ultimately, his brother uh, moved to the Clippers and he was unlucky there. And, you know, <clears throat> I mean, Marcus Morris uh, got the championship ring. So, uh, he'll have the bragging rights at home for sure. <laughs>
0: um, It really felt like, I mean, yeah, it, it did come to the, that third best player in the Lakers was a revolving situation. I personally, for a while, did not like the fact that there was no third best option because it just felt like. I, I guess if the Lakers had, had had a tougher route, I think that question would have been a better, bigger question, you know, and I, if they had been tested more. But in then, they they came through when it mattered. Like even KCP, someone who I doubted, came through when, when it mattered. Um, Dwight, as you as you mentioned, came through when it mattered. Um, and I guess the only time things became tougher was in the finals. That's the only team that took them to more than five games. Uh, it was the Miami Heat. I want to shift from the Lakers to the Heat to to give much deserved respect to this team that really overachieved the season. Uh, they they beat the Bucks. They beat the Celtics and they took the Lakers to six with, you know, basically two of the best players either missing or hobbled. Two of the best three players. Uh, Vinod, what was your opinion of watching this Heat team battle the way they did? Uh, And at any time, were you worried that they could actually upset the Lakers?
2: I was never worried about, I mean, the Heat beating the Lakers. I know they could take a couple of games. Uh, Actually, initially, I had predicted a 4-2 series in any case. But after watching that first game of the series in the finals, I was like, oh, it's going to be 4-1. But, you know, they did get a second game off them. But you have to give credit to Eric Spolstra uh, because he is a brilliant coach. And if you see throughout the playoffs, it's been a total team effort for the Heat. Uh, You had... Uh, you know, you know, Jay Crowder, I mean, averaging almost 20 points. You had Jimmy Butler averaging 20 points. You had Tyler Hero averaging about 18, 19 points. You had Duncan Robinson, who was averaging 18, 19 points. So, you know, you if you see the average performance, it was like, it was not like a superstar performance by one single player or something like that. You had that in two games in the finals with Jimmy Butler, but if you... From the first round to the conference finals, it was a total team effort for the Heat. And, uh, you know, so as nobody expected them to be there. And, of course, they were severely overmatched in terms of size. And, uh, of course, uh, Dragic and Bam Adebayo uh, getting injured was just adding salt to the wounds there. But um, it would still have been tough for Miami Heat to pull through.
0: Koshik, same question to you. Like this, watching this Heat team, uh, how inspired were you by by their journey and just like how, as Vinod mentioned, how they did it uh, almost by committee? Yes, J- Jimmy was super heroic in the finals, but in general, this was such like a deep, true team effort. Yeah, it's
1: a it's a classic never say die team, right? Like they would just just not give up and let the Lakers earn every single point, every single victory that uh, that they did and that's that's what you come to expect from a team that's made to the NBA Finals, right? And there's no there's no asterisks and stuff like that. But there's something about the bubble situation definitely worked towards Miami in, in their favor. The fact that they were they necessarily they didn't have to play away games that would have helped. But I think more so it's the fact that they have such a such a unique mindset and also they are a reasonably young and extremely fit team and they they run they push the pace they do everything harder they, they try everything harder than their opponents and that's what's got them as far as as they did but yeah ultimately they were they were a bit over, overmatched but I think yeah it's just it's just an amazing story for uh, for the NBA this season the fact that like a, a team that almost everybody had counted out uh, nobody believed in them except themselves except Jimmy Butler and and the confidence that he gave to everybody else on that team. Uh, yeah, it's 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 just unbelievable how how well everyone performed to the to the maximum of their abilities. And even even injured players like Bam Adebayo, you you could see that he was not he was not moving 100%, but he gave it his all. The fact that Goran Dragic came in and played on like an injured foot just because he wanted to and he wanted to do it for his teammates, I think that's everything you'd love to see in a, in a basketball team
0: they, to me, were... I mean, the way they they performed in the bubble were... Like, you know... Okay, every team wants the biggest stars, obviously. That's the first thing you want. But if you can't have that, I think they, to me, are are the way I would like my team to be built. Or my team to just sort of conduct themselves. Like, uh, just like uh, from from 1 to 12, 1 to 15. And they another thing I will add add is that they seem like a different team uh, post the COVID sort of uh, shutdown and after. I think if you... I think this is why when when people were going back to the stats of the regular season, it almost didn't make sense because they had taken a weird leap since then. You know, guys like Hero and Robinson and Bam were all were more mature players just in those four months that passed. And Koshik, you're right in pointing out that in the bubble, they just seemed to have that togetherness in the bubble where, you know, um, I think they were just very well suited for that atmosphere for 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 the intensity of the bubble. Uh, so, yeah, congrats to the Heat. Congrats to my main man, Jimmy Butler. I think I've always been a big fan. Business
1: of Business
0: trip? Huh? Mr. Business trip? Mr. Business trip, Mr. Big Face Coffee. <laughs> I've always been a, a big fan of his game. And it's just like, I even though LeBron and AD won the finals, I felt no player raised his uh, worth and value in the world more than Jimmy did. I think we consider Jimmy like, you know, an okay star player. But here he was in the finals, um, basically having these monster 35 and 40 point triple double games, and and he was doing it in these games where the pace was slower. These are almost like 90 style basketball games, right? Um, these are defensive games. So so those stats actually to me were worth more. You know, um, no disrespect to guys like Luca or Harden who were having similar triple doubles, but they were in a faster pace. So I just felt that what what guys like LeBron, AD, and Jimmy did in that slower pace. Uh, in a way, mattered more. So, um, yeah, uh, I was just super impressed by Jimmy uh, on his own. Uh, Koshik, I mean, w- where do you stand on him in like the NBA sort of current pantheon or current rankings?
1: Um, look, it's it's hard to reevaluate just based on this, but I think the the biggest thing that I can say is like I was always on the the perennial debate of whether Jimmy Butler is a bigger superstar or Paul George. For some reason, those two are always mm-hmm. tied together. Yeah, I was always possibly, on the yeah. side I was always on the side of Paul George, I suppose, but I think I have to reevaluate that at the end of this season, right? Like not just because Paul George literally shat the bed with with the Clippers, but also like the, the levels to which Jimmy has elevated this team. I guess I, I overread everything that's happened in the last couple of years with uh, with Jimmy. I thought he was probably he thought he was better than he was uh, the way he conducted himself at uh, at the Timberwolves and the way he um uh, he didn't necessarily do anything bad with the Sixers but just the fact that like i guess he thought he deserved to be their best player i thought he was was probably reaching a little bit there but i guess not i guess i guess he he, he showed that he can be the best player on a team that got closest to to winning the title uh, apart from the team that did um yeah uh, he he's i think he's he, the, the, his workhorse sort of mentality the way he just Grinds and uh, and elevates the rest of his teammates in a way that I didn't think was possible. Um, yeah, he's he's definitely right up there. He, he may not have the have the stats during the regular season because there's just a lot more people. The game's different in the regular season, but like there's definitely playoffs, Jimmy, and we saw that.
0: Vinod, for you, what would you say was the big sort of uh, take from not just the finals because I mean Bam was hurt, but in general this playoff run off the heat. Would you say what it was Jimmy's performance or, or something Bam did earlier, Hero, like what would you say was your, was it a player or something that was a big takeaway from this Heat team?
2: Uh, I told you, it, it, it's been a pure team effort. And, uh, you know, it, before the finals, it was uh, pretty much four people averaging almost almost 20 points each. And mm-hmm. so they've they've performed consistently as a team. And, you know, Tyler Hero, I mean, of course, is, is, is a rookie and, you know, young guy. And uh, we don't know how it's going to be once he comes back into the season. Um, I know one of the analysts was saying that it's a lot easier for younger guys to basically perform in the bubble because, of course, no family pressure and no kids and no, not, I mean, they don't have to worry about all those things. And for them, it's almost like a, you know, AAU tournament where they just cooped up in for three months. Uh, but at the same time, I mean, uh, I, I, I would give a lot more credit to Eric Spolstra because yeah. uh, he was able to, uh, you know, make those adjustments according to the teams because uh, they played a lot of zone defense against, uh, you know, Giannis, uh, against the Bucks And that's what, uh, you know, which the Bucs couldn't adjust because they had a one-dimensional game. I still feel they have a one-dimensional game. Yeah. Uh, against against Boston, again, um, uh, I think it was pretty much evenly matched, but mm. I, the Heat were more resilient than Boston, uh, and they were able to come through on that. Uh, and, of course, Gordon Hayward uh, not being there, uh, I mean, for you know a few games and stuff like that, that also mattered. Uh, but in the finals, I think, see, they, they knew when they were coming into the finals, it was like a underdog situation, and there was not huge expectations from Heat to uh, be the champions, you know? Uh, only the city of Miami was probably thinking that you know Miami can beat the Lakers. Uh, but every other person was like, you know, this, this series is over after two games in the finals. Uh, so for them to just win two games itself was a big achievement, and you could see that, right? And both those games... It was Jimmy Butler. I mean, with those huge triple doubles, uh, but you could see that, you know, all that effort basically, uh, you know, his battery died down in that sixth yeah. game. And yeah, yeah, yeah. After after 24 minutes of that game, I think it was game over for Miami
0: Heat. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so, Vinod, my my last question is, uh, you know, we've we mentioned the finalists. Now, I mentioned Lakers and the Heat. We mentioned a few other teams, you know, we spoke about the Bucks briefly, the Clippers failing, the Celtics. Uh, the next season, whenever it begins, you know, it could be February, March, who knows what the future holds for for any of us. But it's going to be a shortened season. Uh, things are going to be, you know, pace faster. It might be a weird season like this one again. Uh, what do you foresee going forward? Do you agree that this Laker team is now sort of primed to double up as a champion and, if 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 yes, who would you say are, are going to be like the closest challengers? Uh, look, uh, looking forward, you know, will it be? An, I'm sure it won't be as smooth a ride again. But either way, who, who would you say will be the biggest challengers to this Laker time uh, Lakers uh, team going ahead?
2: Uh, well, in the West, I think it's just two teams that pop up in my mind. It's going to be the Clippers. Uh, again, they have those two stars with them, and probably they'll come out one and motivated. a half. Uh, one and a half, okay. <laughs> I mean... Uh, Sorry, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, uh, hopefully they should come out a little bit more motivated and grounded and, you know, uh, think that, you know, they they have to take the whole season uh, seriously rather than just waltzing through it. And, of course, Golden State Warriors. I mean, they're going to be, again, com- coming back with uh, Steph, Clay, and Ramon Green. And, of course, they have the number two pick so we have to wait and watch whether they trade that for another star or, uh, you know, what they do with that. But Golden State would be, uh, you know, right up there. And I think the East gets stronger as well with the Brooklyn Nets because KD and Kylie are going to be back. Uh, so, again, I think it's actually going to be difficult for a team like Heat unless they make any lineup changes. And Bucks also, if they need another star alongside Giannis, so i still have uh, a very good percentage uh, to the lakers uh, because winning a championship always attracts you know those uh, oh. uh, you know those older stars who are just a couple of years from retirement they want to win a championship did you uh, say chris
0: paul you know, i heard chris paul that's all i heard
2: it's okay. going to be difficult <laughs> to get it's going to be difficult to get chris paul because that means you're pretty much uh, shift, I mean, uh, going to trade everyone on the bench, you know? Um, yeah. <laughs> and that doesn't make sense for me, uh, getting Chris Paul. Uh, I would I would rather get somebody like a Bradley Beal, who's a younger player, and, uh, you know, pay the same amount of, I mean, money or something. But you can even get players like, you know, Gallinari and, you know, something like that, and just uh, make the bench a little bit stronger. Uh, of course, uh, you know, because uh, pr- Apart from, I think, Danny Green, um, uh, LeBron and AD, I think pretty much everybody has either player options or they were on a one-year contract. Uh, so you pretty much, I think, will have to form a new bench kind of uh, thing. So, so but I, I, with LeBron and AD there, I give them a higher percentage uh, of chances to win, win the next championship as well.
0: I think you hit the nail on the head. All they need are LeBron and AD secured. And if anything, the NBA history has taught us, if you have that much star power, everything else comes together. Um, Kaushik, uh, what about you? Who would you feel are, are the teams you would, as a Laker fan, most, I won't say fear, but most worry about uh, for the next season?
1: Yeah, I think I think uh, it'll probably be the Clippers or, or the Warriors. I, I actually don't think any of the Eastern Conference teams would be the, at the same level. I don't think there'll be something uh, extremely, you know, mind-blowing that happens with Milwaukee Bucks for them to realize that they have to put something around Giannis and in a way that they need to. So I, I don't count them. I don't think the Celtics like they'll take a step forward, but I, I still don't think they'll be good enough. And of course, I guess like Miami, something could happen. They could they could get they could make a move or two to make themselves uh, reappear in the finals, but I just don't see it in a way that I do with the Clippers and, and Golden State. Everyone's sort of forgotten about Golden State, but they'll be back with a refreshed Steph Curry who hasn't played in a long time, Clay who hasn't played uh, in a long time. So all of the miles that they accrued on on their legs in their five continuous championship runs, or uh, yeah, I think it was five. I'm not 100% sure, but yeah. Uh, so five, all, all of, uh,
0: five finals and three championships, yeah.
1: That's right. Um, so they'll be they'll be rested. They'll be rested in the same way that LeBron was this year after having a, a playoff run off. So that, they'll definitely be back, and they have they have a few assets to play around with as well. So um, yeah, if, I, I think it will be between between those two teams. Um, but ha- having said that, you guys you guys nailed it. It's just LeBron, and Anthony Davis, and then everything else will sort of find its way around around those two. And the other thing to also notice is that it's probably going to be a shortened season, right? Like it, it, the, the season will start in, in January and they would they they look to finish it in, in the normal timeframe and not let it go in all the way into October. Like it did this year. So that, that helps uh, someone like LeBron who, who's a bit older and doesn't need to do the same kind of traveling, doesn't need to go through the same kind of a grind in terms of schedule and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm very happy with where the Lakers' chances are sitting to repeat.
0: <laughs> well, we'll see, and hopefully, they're you know, ho- hopefully, the next season. I mean, I- I'm already feeling the emptiness of the off season now, but you know, I think the next season will start in three or four months. So, uh, Vinod, will we then have to wait till the next season for more Patil and Kumar? What are your plans for the the NBA off season for your show? So we're going to
2: have at least one show right after the draft. Okay. Uh, and, uh, fingers crossed, we hope to get one major star, uh, as a guest on that show. So let's awesome. hope for, let's hope for <clears throat> the better things. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, and then we'll see uh, how it goes because, uh, I think, uh, we, we also need to kind of go back to the drawing board and just analyze in terms of what we want to do for mm-hmm. next season. And, uh, but definitely a show mid-November uh, during the draft.
0: Awesome. So we look forward to that. And again, you guys are doing a great job. Uh, Vinod, thank you so much for joining us a second time on Hoop Darshan and uh, helping us sort of recap these, this incredible bubble weird thing that we just witnessed. Uh, yeah. And definitely looking forward to more Patel Kumar.
2: Thank you. Thank you, man. And, uh, uh, you know, you also keep going. And I love your Hoop Darshan podcast as well. Kaushik. thank you very much to you as
1: well. Thanks, Vinod. It's it's been amazing to talk to you again. Unfortunately, the first time, uh, nobody else could listen to it, but uh, this this is a better episode. Yeah, I mean, more the merrier, right? (laughs) Yeah.
0: All right, Vinod. Take care.
1: Take care,
2: man. Thank you. Thank you so much.
0: Bye. I want to thank Vinod Mutukumar for joining us for episode 97 of Hoop Darshan. Uh, Another NBA season is is on the books. Kaushik, congrats again. Your Lakers have done it. Uh, and enjoy the off-season. This is normally the time where we probably would be talking about, I don't know, FIBA events. I think we'll be deep diving into, like, you know, India in under 18 or India under 16, something, stuff like that. People who come to us for, for stuff that we actually do more often. Um, yes. We, we, but it, trust me, that happens to be more of our specialty. But, you know, we have to cover basketball where we see it. Uh Kaushik, any last words before we we tie the bow on this on this episode?
1: Uh, no, no, nothing, nothing major from me. It's just that nothing makes sense anymore. The season has ended in in October, and the next season will start potentially in January, and we're looking at off season during these two months. And the, nothing makes sense in the world anymore. So um, <laughs> no NBA on to,
0: Christmas. That's that's gonna be weird.
1: Exactly, yeah. exactly. Okay. Um, but. We, we we still remain the same. We, we're still the same two idiots who love basketball way too much, who love butter chicken way too, too much. Um, <laughs> and um, and Hooptershan will continue to go strong.
0: For sure. Uh, thank you, everybody, for joining in. And we'll be back with a new episode very soon.
1: Until next time, hashtag IndiaBasketball.